0: Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. And my next guest is Michael Salmonoff. And I'm sure all of you know him. Um, just won the James Beard Award this past year. Uh, Zahav is how many years old now? 11 years old. 11 years old. I mean, that's that's like... 100. 100 in the restaurant world. <laughs> um, and you know, there's multiple other uh, projects that, that Michael's been doing uh, throughout Philadelphia working with a great team, great folks,
1: and uh, welcome. It's great to have you. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's great to be here.
0: It's uh, it's always fun when you get to connect with your friends and really just chat about life, food, and the bigger picture.
1: I agree. I mean, I feel like this is like a conversation that we normally have, but just sort of recorded.
0: Yeah, we're actually talking into like big clown noses right now. <laughs> That's the only difference. Normally,
1: we're wearing clown noses <laughs> yeah. and hiding in sewers, but now... <yeah>.
0: That film uh, features soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally.
1: What's going on, man?
0: Not much. I mean, I kind of want to, you know, just touch on a few things. I mean, you're here in Portland this week to participate in Zero Proof, and this is your second year participating in this event. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I think, a really amazing. Oh,
1: it's freaking awesome, dude. I mean, it's a the Zero Proof, you know, Feast decided last year that they wanted, I think, Gabe Rucker and Andrew Zimmern and a few people got together and Mike Fallon, of course, and the whole feast team. And they said like, there are all these sober chefs, you know how it goes with, you know, you're not sober, but like going to food festivals where you're trying to like, not get fucked up. And it's like essentially weekends of like that, you know, it's really, it can be a little bit distracting and there's so many people now that are in recovery and open, about recovery, and there's also plenty of people that just want to eat and not drink like twenty five you know glasses of wine during dinner um, whichever it is it doesn't really make a difference to us but to have such an amazingly not only like talented group of chefs but really just inspiring people right that have got their own sort of journey ups and downs that really I think are indicative of what you know, what our industry actually is and to be able to be open about it and to be expressive about not only their values, but their craft and to open that up to the public. And then to have tickets sell, you know, like last year, I think we sold out in like 90 minutes or something. And this year was probably faster, but it's like backed by popular demand, this other sober dinner. So, yeah, it's freaking great, man.
0: It's awesome. I, I actually got to uh, I went out last night with some folks. We went to Eem. And the gentleman who uh, who is one of the partners at EAM will be doing all your cocktails, your mocktails this evening, or zero proof cocktails. Yeah, it's amazing, which are great. I mean, I love going to EAM because of the zero proof cocktails. You know, I yeah, um, I st- chose to stop drinking a year and a half ago because it it screwed my mental health medicine. Yeah, so it is an awkward situation being in environments where people are around you and you're not, and
1: well, and also, like especially you chef, like and me or us, it, like we're not super reserved. we're not super mellow, we're mm-hmm. not very conservative in our behavior, but we just can't drink, right? Correct, <laughs> so or do drug well, you know, I, I don't get high, but like so it's just a really it's a weird thing, like, what are we supposed to do sit in our hotel room and like watch like the fucking prices right or something? <laughs> No, we want to go out. Be we want social, to do things. Do things we yeah. want to be social, and I'll drink plenty of iced coffee and kombuchas, and you'll still shoot hot dogs out of a fucking gun yeah. tonight. And you just don't. You're not drunk while you do it, you nope. know. And that and that's a good thing. And like for whatever reason, it doesn't work for with your medication, which I'm glad that you brought that up too, because there are a lot of people that don't necessarily need to get sober, but are dealing with mental health issues and trying to like find medicine that makes it work and i'm like great the way to guarantee that totally not working is by you getting drunk you oh, know yeah. or you getting high and i'm like are you worried about are you trying to like figure out bipolar disorder are you trying to figure out so on and so forth like and you're taking pills and you're going to a doctor and you're doing all these things yet every time you pick up a drink you fuck it up you mess up the whole Correct. the whole mix you know so like what are you going to do, you know? So I think there are people that don't necessarily need to get sober, but they need to be respectful of the way that they're trying to sort of balance their mental health, you know? It's
0: life choices. I mean, I, I looked at it as um, I take a med to supplement the fact that my body can't produce melatonin and serotonin, but I noticed when... I started taking meds. I was fine. But then when I started drinking, I started becoming super crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra. Yeah. You know? It's not as if I wasn't crazy enough before we just oh had it. Out. It's like going to a, to a, you know, showing up at the fire with a hose full of gasoline. It just doesn't help you. Yeah. So for me, I made a conscious decision to say it's best for me to stop. And until you know, maybe the doctor at one point says, "I don't need those meds anymore, and I can have a drink." Well, how do
1: you feel now? A year and a half in.
0: A year and a half in. I mean, I mean, you just—you said it last time you saw me. You know, you were like, "Dude, you look like you lost weight." I mean, that was the number one thing. It's instantly—I lost weight. I feel healthy. You look.
1: I mean, you look young. You know. I,
0: I don't. Um, I can ride my bike every morning. I wake up clear-headed. You know, there's no. It's a big change. Yeah. I drink way too much sparkling water
1: yeah oh my god club soda and lime juice on ice that's like my i honestly jam.
0: think any chef that's sober should have like a full-on pellegrino sponsorship
1: they should and they should also have a sour patch kid sponsorship too I i'm down like. with that yeah I, right? I, I like swedish <laughs>
0: i'll be with swedish fish you take the sour patch man. but <laughs> i think that i a- ate so
1: much fucking kid after i got sober and, and candy. 20, just so much candy whatever
0: it's a thing you know you put you also work out non-stop
1: I, yeah but so do you you know yeah and yeah. i think
0: there's a there's a lot to be said for that i mean you've accomplished so much with your restaurants, your team, your books, all while living this smart life. Yeah. And you changed your life. And I think, you know, talk about what you choose to or not to, but I think that's really, really important for people to understand that the automatic thought process of a younger generation is to look at the chef and say, I want to be like that guy, right? I want to be in their shoes. That must be so easy. I know how hard you work. I see, you know, like there'll be moments where I'm texting you and you're like, dude in Israel, I'll call you when I get back, boom. You know, it's like, and you're, you are, you walk the walk, you talk the talk and you walk the walk. And, but people don't realize that it wasn't easy to get where you are and how hard you've worked to get where you are. You've worked tirelessly to educate people about the food you're making. You've trained amazing staff. You have great people that you work with, great partners. But that didn't happen overnight.
1: No, no, it definitely doesn't. And I think that we, you know, it's really weird. It's like there's this whole, and I'll try not to put too much like 12-step mantra ideas into it because I'm not trying to like sell a program, even though that is what works for me. Um, It is, everything is sort of one day at a time. And you sort of wake up in the morning and you have this, there's this decision that you make every day, right? You're like, do I get off of the elevator or do, I continue to, or, or do I continue to push, right? Because we don't have to be working as hard as we are right now. We don't have to be traveling. We don't have to like sacrifice time with your family. You don't have to work, you know, like crazy hours that you work and things could be easy, but, you know, it's just not like who we are. So, and then with recovery and I, you know, the funny thing is, like, when I got clean, I remember being in rehab and talking to my drug counselor about why I should still be able to drink, you know? And I was, like, like hard drugs, like crack, cocaine, and heroin were, like, my drug of choice. And alcohol, I was always like, you know, it's not really my thing, but, you know, I'll drink, right? And then, so I'm sitting there in rehab, and they're like, well, you're going to, you know, you're not going to be able to drink and this and that. And I was like, what do you, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I got to be able to drink. Like, what do you mean drink? I like, I'm a chef, I, whatever. I don't even care about alcohol, you know? And they were like, well, how often did you drink? And I was like, well, I, you know, drink every time I got high. And they're like, well, how often did you get high? I was like five times a day, you know, like, or, you know, and you're like, all right, well, you know, I drove drunk like every single night. You know, or not every single night, but like multiple times a week for five years. So like, did I have a drinking problem? Fuck yeah. Of course I did. If I hit anybody in a car or got a DUI or got fucking arrested, I would have, I would have had a drinking problem, right? And so like I didn't get caught. That's fine. Then I'm sitting there and my drug counselor is like, Mike, it's seven o'clock in the morning. You're in detox, right? And you're sitting here trying to rationalize to your drug counselor why you should be able to have a fucking drink. Maybe you got a drinking problem. And I was like, (laughs) oh, no. Like, right. So, you know, but then like the other things that happened. So I was petrified. Like, I didn't know what I was going to be able to do because when you were an obsessive drug addict and alcoholic, immediately your defense mechanism is to use. And then you rely on substances to basically be your self-confidence. So I didn't think I'd be able to like cook without being able to get high all the time. I didn't think I'd be able to run restaurants, be a business partner, like any of these things without these sort of like um, you know, these these crutches that I had, right? And I and I so it took a while for me to get out of that. But then what the other thing is, is everyone's like, oh, your life, if you can get clean and sober and if you can recover your life will be like beyond your wildest dreams. And I heard that and I was like, fuck you. Okay. Don't tell me, you know, I'm sitting here like tens of thousands of dollars in debt. I've ruined everybody's life, including my own, but everybody close to me. Cause I was a Tasmanian devil of like, of, of, of suffering. Right. And I hit it for a very long time. But like at one point my business partner, you know, my ex wife now, but my wife at the time, you know, we were married for two years before she ever found out that I was like hiding this addiction for five years. My business partner and I had opened Zahav. I mean, we were like invested, collateralized our homes together. And he found out that I'd been hiding like a crack addiction, you know? So like I had hurt and I had lost the trust of everybody close to me, you know? And then you're sitting here listening to people tell you, like, if you can just stay stay clean, just keep it together, your life will be beyond your wildest dreams. And, like, that's the last thing you want to hear. But then here I am 11 years. I mean, almost. October 28th will be 11 years. Um, and really, it's this collection of a bunch of 24-hour periods, right? Getting through, like, one day at a time to get to where I am. And I'm like, I never in a thousand years thought, I, I never, ever, ever thought that we would end up winning these awards, getting the recognition that we've got, really sort of succeeding, you know? And, and it's true. It's true. It's completely true. I've done it sober and I've done it very humbly. I've done it asking for help. I've done it with my tail in between my legs, going back to my business partner, to my wife at the time, to all these people that trusted me that I let down it's a Zahav, you know, and saying, fuck, dude, I'm so, I can't believe this. I need help, you know? And with that, with that sort of acceptance of like vulnerability, we've gotten to, I've gotten to live a life beyond my wildest dreams, you know? And, and it continues to get better and better. And I mean, I have kids now, so it like, it's infinite, it's exponentially better, but it's just really amazing. And what I, I never knew is that you know, you you could ask people for help. You could ask your bosses for help. You could have mentors that were not only, you know, like Michelle Bra, Joel Robichon, people that were gods to us, right? But that there were people that were like have struggled and that were open about like the things that they've done and 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 really just being well rounded in terms of like mentorship. That to me is a big one. I don't give a shit about. The most talented chef in the world. I don't, I don't care about those things. I want somebody that's not a piece of shit to their employees. I want somebody that can go home to their family, that can say, I'm going to take two days off this week and I'm going to go be a parent. I'm going to go be a son. I'm going to go be a great uh, partner um, uh, or a great spouse. And I'm going to treat everybody in my life professionally and personally the same way. That's what I that's what I look up to now, you know, and, and when you when you especially in hospitality, when you have those things, you do a very good job. And not to oversimplify, but like the happiest when my when my dishwashing team is happy and fired up, the guest experience is better, right? When my purveyors that come into the restaurant after a long day of fucking carrying things up steps, dealing with traffic, aren't greeted by a bunch of asshole fucking line cooks or chefs that are on my team that we say, come in, fucking use the bathroom, have a glass of water. How are you doing today? Like, how's your life? You know, like the the more purveyors that come in that are happy, the better the guest experiences for our, our people, you know? And I feel like that is it. It's like all the rules and all the hardship and all the sacrifice that we were meant to believe in is not what makes great food. It's not what makes great hospitality, you know? And I don't know. So I think it's a new era for us. I'm happy to be able to be uh, to be open about these things, and that we, as adults, um, and as accomplished chefs, and uh, you know, fathers or parents or whatever, can sit and talk about the true the true thing that we practice, the true hospitality uh, that we practice, and and the struggles that we've gotten or that we've been through to get to where we are.
0: I think you, you, you just make a really great point about that the moment of hospitality, which is our entire goal in life to make people smile. You know, when you're at someone's, your family home for Thanksgiving or you're doing a holiday, nobody treats the dishwasher like shit because usually it might be grandma or your mom <laughs> right. or a bunch of cousins or, you know, nobody, nobody's angry. Right, Granted, of course. Granted, there may be Uncle John, John in the corner, who's passed yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. There's
1: always one fucked up relative that like sucks, got, right?
0: Yeah, but you know that that part of what our job is is to make people smile, and it has to be pervasive everywhere. And it's it's hard. It's harder now than ever due to the current duress of our industry. Yes, everybody's short staffed. Everybody's rushing. There's it's gotten harder than ever. And totally, it's really people they bottle it and bottle it and bottle it and then they pop. Yeah. And I think that's, it's got to change and it's hard. I mean, I've been guilty of being, I mean, let's be
1: honest, dude.
0: I used to be a right proper dick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We both, I mean, we both were,
0: you know, huge assholes. And, and, you know, did I keep my hands to myself? Yes. Did I yell at people? Yes. I yelled at people. I was mean, but I never struck an employee. I never belittled. I never... You know, but I just pushed and yelled to be better. And that isn't a way to do anything. No. It doesn't get anything better. It makes people nervous and scared and they don't want to work for you anymore.
1: Well, and that's also the thing. It like really doesn't matter what's right or what's wrong. You just want people to be happy, right? You want to make people feel good and special. And like you can't expect to motivate and, and to inspire an entire team to do that when you contradict yourself in every other action, you know? And when we opened Zahav, I fucking broke most of my toes in both feet from kicking the back door, you know? And my first job as a chef at Marigold, I used to fucking go outside and just like crash plates against the wall. I'd be so fucking mad, you know? And I still on occasion will lose my temper, but like, I don't, it just doesn't work. It doesn't it's just not the way, but like, also I don't understand how you do that. And then you like, turn it off and go home and you're like i don't know you don't like scream it like a you know like somebody on the street that like stole your parking spot like i i just don't want to live like that it's just not good life's it too hard to take it doesn't make the year. food taste any better it doesn't make people happy and it's like i don't want to i don't know it shortens your own life too there's no point and for me now you know my obsession to drink and drug is basically over but like the moment I start punching walls the moment I start being vindictive and having like resentments against people that's a bad that's a huge flag for me so I can't it's just a practice I can't really do it you know
0: no and I think you know what you've what you do now and and how your restaurants run are are pretty incredible you know and I feel fortunate enough that I have been to last time i was in philly i mean first night we got there we ate with you at zahav then i had goldie right and then we went and had federal donuts because i had to i had to see your donut (laughs) machine because it's amazing
1: yeah, it's like, then, a, it's like the best sort of like Willy Wonka situation. Oh, it's crazy.
0: People like yeah. stand there and just look at the yeah. window. They're loving it, you know? And, and, and we just, we went from spot to spot because it was so interesting to see Dizengoff and, and, but the difference between each one. Yeah. You've created distinct, different experiences, but the key that to me was so incredible was the team mentality and the consistency of thought process from property to property it's the same
1: way and belief. Well, I really appreciate that. I mean, I'm super proud. Like I like to be at the not as like the chef or owner or any of that shit. I like to just be part of the team. I really like to be part of the experience. And then, you know, I'm a I'm a very small part of this great grand operation and this huge team. My business partner Steve is um brilliant. We've got so many amazing managers that are now partners and it's just nice like i really just enjoy being part of it you know and i don't know it's like you chef you like if you could identify what your day-to-day like i don't know what it is that i do i do a lot of what i do i have no idea what the fuck it is or the title of whatever right exactly (laughs) but but it's i don't know a point you just sort of look back and you're like god this is just so great that we can do this because if it's at federal and you have like a $7 interaction or exchange and then a three minute discussion and you feel great and, and Zahav is like a little bit longer and more drawn out and more expensive or whatever. But like, we want that. I want people to be affected, you know? And, and as long as you, you know, we use food and we use service and we use uh, you know, atmosphere and we use these different ways to get kind of the same result which is just to make people feel good and feel special and we want them to feel like you know like whatever the thanksgiving minus the dickhead uncle like you want (laughs) them to feel comfortable and relaxed and to made to feel taken care of and i think now uh, especially in this day and age where if you want to you know if you look at the news on your phone or swipe, or fucking scroll. There are a million reasons to feel shitty, and they will, you know. And it's a discipline to not do that, right? Because you want to feel included. However, the way that what we get from the media is just Girl. negative, 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 negative. What we do is so goddamn important right now. People I mean, want to walk in the door and they want to put that away. They need to leave it at the and door. It's and it's our they job. Come in. It's our job to to let them. Fucking be sane for a little bit. Give them a safe space to exactly. enjoy themselves, and
0: I think that's a really, really the goal. Of the, you know, the when that f- foot hits that curb and they're walking in, they want to literally leave their woes at the door. Yeah, they want to come in and feel welcome, respected, uh, excited, and we should be reciprocating those same feelings. Yeah, to them is, and I think that is. So important right now, like you said. We have too much turmoil, too much fear mongering, too much hate, where it shouldn't feel that way when you walk into a restaurant. There should be no
1: anger. There should be no, everybody should be smiling. It's not (laughs) hard to smile. It's hard. It actually is not, it's hard. It's not hard to smile for yourself to get an entire group of people to understand the importance of that and to see the effect, you know? Like intellectually, it makes perfect sense. If you smile, I'm smiling right now. You start smiling. It's that easy. <laughs> it is. And I'm not like Johnny holistic here, but that should be like bare minimum, but it's not, the, it's not as straightforward as saying, Hey guys, when you're here, just smile. Okay.
0: You know, it's, it's really interesting. I'm reading a book right now called endurance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you would, I think you would really enjoy this one. It's about, you know, uh, the physicality of sport. And is it just oxygen? Is it just lactic acid? Is it just muscle? Right. Or is it, how much the brain has the power. Right. One of the tests that they did were every day, an everyday person and a competitive athlete having everybody look at the competitive athlete, frowning, right. not saying positive things, and then an everyday person doing the same exact thing with everybody smiling at them and cheering for them. Yeah. Inevitably, every time, the everyday person managed to beat the professional athlete in the length of time and the ability that they were able to.
1: God, that is crazy.
0: All because of a smile that made them feel better and subdued pain or subdued the fact that in their mind they couldn't do something.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, encouragement and that, you know, I use the word spirituality, spirituality a lot and not in a religious connotation, but that like idea that you're sort of doing it together that you've got support that you've got other people in your life it does a huge thing winning something once changes the way you know being able to accomplish a goal especially like you know i grew up i grew up with like very supportive parents and family i had everything i wanted i i I had uh plenty of love and for whatever reason I just couldn't stand myself. I couldn't... You know, it was just... It's like this sort of disease. Like, I don't know where this shit came from. There was no drug addiction in my family. There was no whatever. But, like, i it was always easier for me to sort of walk away instead of accepting a challenge until a certain point, you know? And I feel like it makes when you've got people in your corner that are like constantly pushing you, it makes a really big difference, you know? So I don't know. That should be my tactic for athletes though. I should just find a group of people to berate somebody I'm competing with. <laughs> you know, I'll be the best snowboarder ever. Right. It's a, it was amazing though to, to really read that.
0: And I was like, wow, I never thought about that.
1: I think that that is completely true. I mean, if you, think about all these opportunities you have to be positive and supportive, you know, and to make people feel good and, like, how often you actually take them or go out of your way. It's crazy. It's such a difference. And they also, like, I can't remember what I was listening to, but it was, like, you know, sort of the study in optimism and it was, like, um, if you read something shitty or something negative, It has this profound like four out of six hours later, you're still affected by it. Which is a reason to not look at the news while you're laying in bed sometimes. I think it's really difficult, you know?
0: I couldn't can't do it anymore. (laughs) Can't I can't. I'm like
1: so overdone with so
0: there's so much negativity.
1: Yeah, it's hard, man. It's
0: hard, you know, whether you Yeah, I don't yeah. Just not worth it. So you just recently opened a new property called yeah. Kfar.
1: Yeah. We just opened Kfar. It means village in Hebrew. It's sort of like a bakery cafe. We're going to be opening for dinner um, next week. It's awesome. Our executive chef, um, who's an award-winning pastry chef from Zahav, Camille Cogswell. And uh, How's she holding up? She's killing it. I mean, she's, Fucking tired, but she's doing. A she's great awesome. Job. She's the real thing, man. She's so good. And then we also have got um Troy Wilson, who's our CDC, who's amazing, really talented. Yasmin Roberti, who's our general manager, started at Zahav as a busser fucking six years ago. So That's good, awesome, so talented. So it's this beautiful, um, it's this beautiful space. It's going really well. I mean, the all day thing is a little bit tricky. It's it's not all day. We go from 8 to 2 and then we're going to open from like 5 to 11, but you know, three meal periods is like it's kind of a beast and you're like, wow, we don't ever have enough space to do any of this shit, but it's it's been really good. It's a learning curve. Yeah, it's all really tricky and as you spoke to before, it's such a weird competitive not necessarily with other people, but just with just with the market. There was like never really enough staff um You know, we're trying to the restaurant industry and the hospitality industry is trying to correct and pay people fairly while the cost of goods and real estate and labor continue to rise. It's like not it's it's a little crazy right now, but we're trying to make it all work. And um,
0: well, I think that's a point you make. We, We talked about that last time was everybody wants everyone to make a great wage. Right. Yeah. We don't we never feel that we should underpay anybody, but also the public deems it necessary for everybody to they're voting on these things but yet nobody wants the prices of dinner to go up right and they're not yes the cost of employment is going up employment healthcare is going up gas costs go up electrical costs go up food costs have increased yeah but the cost of a tasting menu hasn't increased just the portion size has gotten smaller over the past
1: yeah. Luckily, people eat less now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, And also, I mean, it's then add another couple elements. One, more immigrants are leaving the U.S. now than coming. Correct. And they're fucking terrified to be here yep. um, in this land that was founded on immigrants. Yep. Right. And then also uh, the job market is so crazy for college graduates. Everyone's got so much fucking college debt. You know, so there's just this mass sort of inflation customer. Everybody wants people to make a very high wage as they should a living wage. And I don't know, you tell me, how do you, what's a, what's a fair wage in the fucking Bay area? Jesus Christ. What are you, what is one supposed to do? How is that even possible? I,
0: <laughs> I struggle with it every day. Yeah. I struggle with trying to be a, a good employer. We we struggle with it all. I mean, it's a big deal. You yeah. know, um, we provide full health benefits for oh our staff, and we've done that since day one. And you know, we have an HR department, and we work through all these things. But there's a big component that's very difficult. It's like most people can't afford to live in the Bay Area.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's expensive to live.
1: It's so expensive to live, but it's expensive. Even for those that make, that are in the low six figure range, it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. Like, I and think public, public transportation isn't awesome. Nope. And people are getting priced out of like Oakland. I mean, it's not like it's hard. We're, yeah. It's
0: hard. And we want to, you know, we're, we're, I mean, there was just a, an article written about it, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. And it, it's just an ongoing conversation. But it's happening everywhere. It's everywhere. not just San yeah. Francisco, it's happening in New York. Yeah. It's, ha- it's happening to you in philly it's happening everywhere yeah it's rough i
1: mean philly luckily is uh a lot of our customers and our team share the same zip code which is great uh and i feel like that makes it much easier like we've got it hasn't quite it's still like an affordable city thank god but also
0: your city is not surrounded by water and you're you're not limited by (laughs) You know, you you can grow. Our
1: bridges are our our rivers are tiny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're. I
0: mean, you know, seven by seven is San Francisco, and then after that, you're you're out. Yeah, seven miles by seven miles. So there's no place for it to grow, but up in the air. Ugh. so that's part of the dilemma that San Francisco. Well,
1: how do you then? But you're you know you have restaurants in multiple cities. What's it like when you're here in Portland and you look at the quality of life? amongst your employees here versus the Bay Area. You've got projects coming up. Can we talk about Yeah, of course. Houston, you know? It,
0: it, every city is very different. You know, each city has its own different dynamics. I mean, here's a very different dynamic than San Francisco, but this city's pricing up too. Yeah, um, Houston, they deal with commuting bike because oh my god traffic's big yeah um
1: everybody lives far away in houston right correct yeah yeah
0: yeah it's i mean it's a there's the circles there's they call it There's the rings but it's i mean it's all every city has its own quirks yeah none of them are bad you know but none of them are perfect yeah and i think as you know we we started in san francisco we've been now in Portland here. This will be our third year.
1: Congratulations!
0: And at Jackrab, thank you. Um, it's it's a different environment, you know. But we're in a hotel here. We're not yeah. in a hotel in San Francisco, so there is a comparative difference. Where I'm providing breakfast, lunch, dinner, in room dining, banquets, you know, coffee service. You know, we do have all day. We start at seven. We don't finish till ten p.m. Jeez. at night. So there's a lot. Yeah. But it's a learning curve, and I'm I actually. Revel in the fact that I'm actually able to learn and grow and think about it every day. But it does become all-consuming when you're seven days a week, 365 days a year, wanting to know what's going on. And what are we doing for Christmas Day? What are we doing on Christmas morning? Oh, my gosh, yeah. But that's okay. I mean, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Every part of it. And we talk about that a lot when we don't have the big clown noses in front of our face. Yeah. It's growing as part. Of it, but giving opportunity to great people to excel and have input, and you know our chef here drives the train. Yeah, you know we sit down, we have here's upcoming menus, and we do the thing, and just you know, what do you want to do?
1: I just started doing this thing like very recently, where like my business partner, so everyone, so my business partner Steve is like quiet. He's not. I mean, he's a chef. He's former chef. Um, very different than I am really amazing palette but like everybody knows who I am so they're all like chef, chef, chef you know and, and the you, you know what it's like with partners is like everybody does everything all the time and they just yeah. some people get credit for it and some people don't it's kind of Correct. the fucked up thing of our industry but one of them but um, I just sort of like Steve and our CDC it far came up with something and it was like, not what I wanted, but I was like, you know what, go, just go for it. This is your, I'm going to take a back seat. Like, I don't think that this, it was literally a food thing. It was like adding something to a tabule to make it more of like, um, less of a traditional, like grain salad, more of like a salad salad, you know? And I was like, this is not at all what I like, but I'm like, you guys like it. You think it's good. I want you to believe in it. And, you know, and it was like, I'm just, I've never really done that before where I haven't like argued and argued to get my point across. And I'm like, at the end of the day, it's not about what I fucking want. It's about the entire team that can believe in this product that they love and for the customer to receive it, you know? Yep. And I feel like that is like this major shift where you're like, I don't know. Cause I don't, I'm not good. I am not a business person. I'm not a fucking HR person. I think I'm a pretty terrible manager. I love to cook food. I think I know a fair amount about food. I certainly know about Israeli food. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not the chef to cuisine of the I'm not the executive chef of this restaurant every single night. This is something that you guys have decided on the fly. Go with it. We'll see what happens. And I'm just gonna shut the fuck up a little bit. It's really weird to have to like do that. That's a know? hard thing to do. It's not I mean, I'm talking about it with you, obviously, because it's not I'm not over it. But I'm like, I don't think it's like the wrong decision, you know?
0: No, it's not. But it is hard to let
1: go. Well, especially when it comes to like little quirks about food, you know?
0: Well, especially because the food is very specific to you culturally. Yeah. Yeah. And it has meaning and it's powerful. And you also understand it, I would say, better than most around. And you've really, you've championed it, you've researched it, you spend time. How many times a year do you go back to
1: I mean, between two and five, you know, a lot. I
0: mean, you were just there a week and a half. I was there in August,
1: and then I'm going to be back in November for a week, and then I'll be back probably in May for like 10 days. And yeah, it's a lot. When are you coming with me, bro? I don't know. Tatiana was just asking.
0: She's like, I'm coming down to talk to Michael. Do you guys
1: (laughs) want to do August, next August, or what? Yeah. Can you take August off? Probably. It's like cold in San Francisco, right? Doesn't it it snow in San Francisco (laughs) in August? (laughs) Come to Israel, man. We love. We'd I would, love it. I would love to. It's, we'll get some bikes too, and you can do some some biking as well. You'd I'd love, love that. to just go and yeah. see. I
0: mean, everybody's keeps telling me, and you and I have talked about it so many times that it's I know. just. I think it. it's an adventure of a lifetime. You know, you I think there's it. there's opportunities to see things, and I think we all want to see and grow. Yeah, of course. You know, and I think you know having a guide like yourself would make me see 10 times more than I would see any other way.
1: Yeah, you would love it.
0: I mean, and that's the cool part. I mean, what you've told me about all the street food? Yeah. Is like and you said it's just everything. There's everything.
1: It's like it just doesn't end. It's just there's <laughs> a food culture. I mean, I think that we're establishing that here in the US too because we do have great we have I mean, there's amazing cuisine in the US, right? But like when you go to a place that's like very old you know where food also helps kind of identify where you're from you know it's just a different it's a different thing and then when you you know california the west coast in general is like essentially a different country when it comes to food and produce and so on and so forth but in israel like everything is within 100 miles everything's grown so it's just a different you just can't it's hard to find a bad meal there you know it's so crazy watching
0: the video footage and in, in your pictures when you're traveling, when you went with your team this year, was just, yeah. I mean, the looks the best part that for me was the looks on their faces of you sharing that with them for the first time. It's the best. That was so cool for me. I was just like, that is a dream opportunity.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just talking about it. So my like sous chef here at feast is my good friend, Mike Persico, who's a photographer. And he and I were friends for over a decade before he shot, Like he ended up shooting Zahav and then our uh, other cookbook, Israeli soul. And he came to Israel after knowing me and being invested already in Israeli food, but came to Israel to shoot Israeli soul. And it was like, just like unwinding him, you know, like uh, letting him just get off the bus and just start filming and taking and and sort of capturing these images with, with the eyes of somebody that has never been to the country was really incredible, you know? That must have been awesome. Yeah, he loves it.
0: So, you have Kafar, yes, and and so there's Abe and Fisher,
1: yep. right? What am I missing? So there's Kafar Sahav, Abe Fisher. We've got a uh, five federal donuts about to open six. We've got uh, two, yeah, two Diz-ing-offs, which are like a hummus place. Three Goldie. Goldie's the bomb, by Goldie's the way. great. It's fucking awesome. The only wow. place
0: you can get away with saying extra balls on a menu.
1: Yeah. A bunch <laughs> of big bag of hot balls, baby. You love it. That's why you love it. That was it so the funniest much. thing in the world. Uh-huh.
0: Like, only you can get away with that. That yeah, was awesome. I
1: appreciate it. Um, and then um, we are going to be opening a place called Merkaz, which is going to be like a pita sandwich place. We'll do schnitzel and sabich, which is an amazing fried eggplant sandwich. And then we're opening. Uh, Shipudia, which is like a skewer house, like a kebab house, called Laser Wolf, named nice. after the butcher and fiddler on the roof. So nice. That'll be so. Merkaz is going to open mid-October. Kafar's open now, and then Laser Wolf will probably be like November.
0: Yes, and actually, they were just talking about it in uh, Rob Report. Yeah, as one of the most anticipated openings.
1: Really? Yeah, we were both in it. Very cool. I did not know that. Eat High it? five, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll send you the article. Send me <laughs> the article. That's great. Yeah, it was awesome. I love sharing uh, space with you on this stuff, man. It's, it's awesome. It's, um,
0: it's really nice to be able to, to see all these foods really be so embraced. I mean, donuts and fried chicken, genius. And coffee. And coffee. Like, how could you beat that? It's I mean, like you got a fryer. Three
1: major American food groups, right? But I mean, it's
0: like the, the thought process of like, okay, we give it donuts. Why not just do fried chicken? Exactly.
1: Thing? Yeah, it turns out the donuts taste like shit after you fried chicken and the oil. So we you got a two special fries, machine yeah. after that. But yeah, that was it. Fryer. Hood. Fryer. Coffee maker. Donut robot. Done. The donut you know? robot's amazing. Yeah.
0: They never call in sick.
1: They don't. They never call out. They're never sick. They never cut their finger. It's amazing. They don't talk back. No, no. We they just get, want to make perfect
0: donuts. I'm like,
1: <laughs> right? You get like the non millennial donut makers, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I gotta get you a donut robot, dude. We should do a donut pop up. Oh my god, that would be awesome. Yeah, in San Francisco, that'd be sick. You guys have good donuts on San Fran. We do. Yeah. We do. Are
0: you going to Are you going to go check out anything while you're here?
1: Uh, I ate at Blue Star already this morning. They're great. <laughs>
0: I'm doing a uh, collab donut with them.
1: Yeah, they're they're it's a wonderful operation. You know what I did? I worked out this morning and then ate some donuts and then went on a hike. Nice. And then had lunch and I feel like not like a huge piece of shit, you know, because if Just you flank the donut I mean what's fucked up is that I like taste donuts for a living and I'm like so when I find myself at, in a in a location where I don't need to actually eat donuts and I still do, I'm like what is wrong with me, you know? But but that's research when you flank it though with, with activity, I think it feels pretty good, you know? So what are you,
0: what, what are you most excited about right now? The, you know, you're, you're working on, are you got another book coming? No, 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 no. Take a no. break. No, no books.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm really like, I feel like Zahav is probably the best it's ever been right now. So I'm really happy about that. We have an amazing team and it's just a, uh, Food is just really fucking good. Like, I really love it there, you know? So it's delicious. And I, I don't know. I guess I'm excited about all the things. There's not one thing that's like, yay, you know? It's just all of it is great. I, um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a
0: limb here and I'm just going to say this. I, I mean, you've kind of figured it out, meaning through good and bad, you've figured out where you want to be. And you're happy being what you are because that's taken time and you're making great food and you're happy with your team and you're happy with restaurants and not a lot of people can say that
1: listen man i mean when you when you can live in the moment and you can be grateful and like it's practice for me gratitude is not is something i have to work for but i don't know i think when you can just be when there's like serenity a little bit in your life despite all the chaos when there's the grace under pressure and when you can be appreciative of like what you have, it's such a, such a luxury, you know? So I definitely haven't figured it out. I mean, I, I don't know. You could look at what we do and look at like the like least Subaru with two car seats that I have and the like two bedroom house that I live in and like the sort of lack of luxury that I have, that, that is my life. But I'm totally I'm content, you know? It's it is. It's a beautiful thing. I don't think luxury dictates
0: success. I no, I know your that. Your happiness,
1: but... what I mean is your happiness
0: and who you are right now is a person who I see who's figured it out. Well,
1: thank you, bro. Because
0: I don't, not a lot of people can stop and smell the roses.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not, if you cannot give yourself that, if you can't give yourself this vacation every day, if you can't smell the roses and if you can't pause for a second to like appreciate what it is that you have, what is the fucking point? You know, it's too short. We, we don't get a lot of time
0: when this thing goes around the sun. If, yeah. You know, this we only get so many morbid. circles. <laughs> <laughs> we only get so
1: many. No, but it's true. I think we have to revel in those facts and the, you know, it's just, it's honesty. It's so easy to look, I mean, especially now, and and to say, well, I want this award, I wanna make this kind of money, I need, you know, so on and so forth. And I'm like, at the end of the day, the money, it comes and goes, the the luxury comes and goes, the fucking lists that you're on and the awards, and I am grateful, and we have worked hard for every single one of those acknowledgements, but I still get pissed off, I still become a hater, I still am an insecure fucking line cook, a lot of the time, you know, and I still Sounds look familiar. at the things that, that I don't <laughs> that I don't have, you know, and, and it's just not, the reality is, it is proven, you know, that like these fantastic things are in front of you all the time. These gifts are in front of you all the time. The fact that you can sit, that people want to listen to what it is that you say and that right now you're probably helping another person unbeknownst to you. You're probably not to be dramatic, but I will, you could be saving somebody's life that is struggling with mental health, that is struggling with, um, uh, figuring out the right chemical balance in their head with a doctor that is like, maybe got the idea that they shouldn't take like, uh, Zoloft and drink like 10 beers a night, you know? And if that helps one fucking person, what a gift, what a fucking gift that is. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gift that we have this opportunity and this, and again, this luxury, this like non-materialistic luxury to be helping out other people, not just in our industry, but in life. So we're going to
0: do a, a quick round. Yes. Question round.
1: And then we're going to call it
0: and you have to go cook a zero proof dinner a little bit. Yes. I got to go. But f- yeah. But yeah. So yeah. hot dog hamburger. Uh, hamburger. Oh, chocolate fruit.
1: Dude. Ugh. I mean, I don't know. I just ate uh, like pock-pock for lunch, so I'll say fruit at this moment. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, lamb, beef, or pork? Lamb.
0: Yeah, I normally don't even put lamb in there, but I gave you one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's hard. All of them are fantastic. Like, dry-aged beef is a really difficult thing to beat, you know? Yeah, but, you know, also lamb. Lamb is sick, yeah. Lamb is sick when it's done really, really well. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, your go-to candy?
1: Uh, sour Patch Kids Go to vegetable mm, Cabbage man Love cabbage Coffee or tea Coffee Sparkling or still Sparkling Awesome Yeah what about you Who me Lemon or lime Lime That's great uh, ch- 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 ch. Cayenne or espalette, Espelette Jalapeno or Serrano 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 Red or Spanish onion? Always, always red. Always red. Good. Garlic or shallots? Garlic. Um, love salmon or halibut? Halibut. Mussel or clam?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Chris, you just got a nosebleed. <laughs>
0: clams raw, mussels cooked.
1: Dude, honestly, mussels cooked are the most underrated fucking things ever. I, I love know. clams raw yeah. and I love mussels cooked. All right, um, Cavatelli or Peachy? Cavatelli.
0: Um, look at that, Look at, I love this roll reversal. Yeah. You just flipped <laughs> <it on me. laughs> uh, Pasta or
1: couscous for you? I mean, pasta is like, pasta is its own. Pasta is different, you know? What? Um, so h- here's one for you. Yeah. Israeli couscous? Wait, no, no, no. Wait a no, minute. No. I got another one for you. In terms of sauce for pasta, uh, brown butter and Parmesan or uh, tomato olive oil? Uh, I like brown butter
0: because it's always going to be great. Yeah. Because tomato changes so much as it goes. Yeah. The butter's not going to change.
1: Yeah. I mean, I worked at Vetri for so long and I'm like... It's sort of like this. It's almost like French, like Piedmonte, Italian cooking is like kind of like French cooking, you know. Yeah. Add pasta water, and it was just like, shit, dude. Like gnocchi with like brown butter. You just drop the gnocchi in water, brown butter, Parmesan cheese, and I was like, okay, this is better than anything else in the world. <laughs> 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 so good. All yeah. Right. Uh, what were you saying? Israeli couscous isn't couscous. It's like pasta. Exactly. Yeah. See,
0: yeah. that's been. It's literally sardinian fregola just one's perfectly 100%. round
1: and the other one's a little
0: burnt well you know shady. moroccan
1: couscous is a byproduct of like wheat production you know i did not know that. yeah
0: it's crazy man see that's why we we gotta do some we gotta go on a trip we do man i love
1: you bro thanks so you much too. for having me on no problem thank you
0: uh, everybody make sure that you take a chance and look at on the website go to zahav make sure you take a look at both of his books phenomenal. You can always see what he's doing. Right now he's he's twerking as I'm talking and complimenting his restaurants. So no, but thanks everybody. Have a good day.